My name is Chris Salem. I'm a business acceleration strategist and a professional speaker, and I am here on Denial Is Your Radio. Good afternoon, Christopher. How are you? I am doing great. It is a pleasure to be here. I am so glad to have you. I met you in the fourth grade. Change out to see my Chesky and all the amazing people over there. Every, it's so funny because Chris is like, look, I, I don't even come on Clubhouse like that. I'm here for the 413. That's it. Otherwise, you got to email me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is such a great group. You know, I wouldn't have met you if I had I not but we'd been in that group together. And just so much wisdom and so much just people sharing from their experiences and from the heart. It's just just a just such a a, a a blessing that that we have that group each and every morning when we wake up. Absolutely. So how did you originally get connected with the 413? Well, it, how we how I got connected with the 413 was early on when Clubhouse had started, you know, things I, I my business kind of was in transition where I was going in person now more to virtual. So there was like a little bit of a you know, a little hiccup there and everything was still fine. But at that point I was introduced to clubhouse and I had started a group there called speaking from influence. And I used to run a, I used to run a clubhouse room there. And one of the people that would come in regularly was Steven and Steven would come in and contribute. And this was before he started the 413 and he would come in contribute. And then he invited me to a men's group that he used to hold on Zoom, uh, it, usually on a Saturday morning at, I think it was 5.30 Pacific Standard Time, 8.30 uh, Eastern Time where I'm on. And from there, it kind of led into the 413. So I was involved with the 413 since the beginning. And then through the involvement of the 413 since then, I've been involved you know pretty much the whole time I'm, I'm not on all the time but i've gotten to see the changes and shifts in people from you know from the from this people that were there from the beginning guys like dave manley and so on yourself and other people and and here we are and and you know and it's just just been a great ride yes so you are a professional speaker i know i asked you in the room but Tell me about your very first speaking gig. What was that experience like? Wow. Well, I mean, this goes back <laughs> many years ago. I would say that the first time I spoke publicly was back about 30 years ago. I was in Toastmasters at the time. And I remember I had to deliver my first talk. And, and at the time, it was geared around towards just something about myself and how I help people. It was, a, you know, it was a table topic, you know, type thing. They, that's what they call it in Toastmasters, table topics. And at that point, I had to learn how to say, speak for that short period of time with no ums and ahs, which, you know, you know, most people, when they talk, they're like, um, ah, e, that type of thing. And while I, did well, it was kind of, it was, it was a little nervous. Like I felt like, what are people going to think of me? You know, at that point, I wasn't really secure with myself at that point. And I was kind of like, mm, did I do it right? I, I was starting to second guess myself. 
But I did. I, I realized I didn't say as many ums and ahs like I thought I would. As a matter of fact, people were like, wow, you, you said very few, which was very encouraging. But it was from that that experience that I felt like, you know, speaking is in, you know, it's in my blood and it's only going to get better from here. And sure enough, within six years, uh, six and a half years later, I was speaking at my first industry event. And that's what it's been like for the last 20 plus years. That's amazing. So what are some of the major obstacles that you've had to overcome before? Well, some of the major obstacles that I had to overcome was myself, my own self-limiting beliefs. I grew up, you know, as a man that was, didn't have a lot of direction. I grew up with a father that was not usually around. And when he was, he was emotionally checked out. I grew up in a codependent home. I struggled with 12 years of addiction to escape the way I felt about myself and, and my own self-limiting beliefs. I'm a recovering passive aggressive in terms of my behavior and communication. I am a person that, that really didn't understand who he was. And I really had to come full circle to learn how to operate in the moment rather in the past and the future where fear thrives from those limiting beliefs and had to learn how to shed my strong need for validation in order to now only not be consumed even with validating myself, but to just be who I was, all the good things, the bad things, the, the flaws, and just put it out there. And as I did, as I worked on myself for all these years, it just allowed me to really develop my confidence to a high level, not one from ego, but from a place of, of who I really am, feeling proud of who I am with all those flaws and good things and bad things and all the bad experiences and the good experiences to now be an example and be a resource as a trusted advisor. And this is what I, how I show up each and every day as a business acceleration strategist, an executive coach, professional speaker, as a dad, as a husband, as a member of my community, whatever the case may be. Awesome, awesome. And global professional speaker, Christopher Salem is my guest here on Denia Azure Radio. So what was that moment that led you to recovery? That's a great question, Denia, and, it, and, it, and it might, it's a powerful one. As I mentioned earlier, I didn't really have a strong relationship with my father, but at the time around when I made when I started this transformation, my father was diagnosed with lung cancer. He was he was age 56 at the time. And that's the age that I'm turning in 2 months. I will be 56 years old, the same age that my dad was when he passed away. And at the time, I, I you know, I didn't know what my, my you know, I didn't know anything about self-limiting beliefs. I didn't even know what the problem was. But I look back that my dad was just a product of his own environment. He was neglected as a child and he was the black sheep of the family. And he had his own self-limiting beliefs. And as a result of that, he was just passing down all he knew. It wasn't like he chose to alienate me and my brother. He didn't know how to because his dad didn't do it, didn't do that for him. He was simply repeating all he knew. Now, I didn't know this at the time. I can only say this in hindsight. But the but the the event that took place that was the catalyst for this change was a day and a half before my dad passed on. I remember being in the room with him and I was holding his hand and he looked over at me. He couldn't talk. He was like under, you know, he was he was sedated, just allowed him to die peacefully because of the pain. 
And he couldn't talk, but I remember him looking at me and it was like he was speaking to me. I can't explain how what I, I understood what he was saying, but there was no word spoken. It's very some people will say, oh, come on, you know, but I'm telling you, I knew what he was saying. And because of this, the, the hairs on my arm went up and, and he basically said, I just wanted to let you know that I've always loved you and your brother. I just didn't know how to show it. And I even loved your mother. And I know I wasn't a good husband. And, and, you know, just, I'm not going to go into all the details, but nonetheless, it made me realize that, you know, he was a product of his own environment. And that, that was the, when the light bulb went off and said, no matter what has happened in our lives, even things that are beyond our control, they can even be horrific things, traumatic things. You didn't ask for it, but it happened for a reason. It's happening for you, not to you, that you are always responsible for what, what you do with that moving forward with your life. I was the victim. I was the one that came up with excuses. I pointed the finger at other people. I dumped my, my anger onto other people. I struggled with addiction to escape it. That was the first time that I, I rose up to say, I'm going to take responsibility. I didn't know how. I didn't know how, it, how I was going to do it. But that was the eye-opening event that did it. When my father passed, it felt like there was some kind of weight that was released from within me. And I've never looked back since. And that changed my life. It changed my career. And I look at it, it was a blessing. I had an opportunity, you know, in a sad moment of my father passing, that he ended up passing along the greatest gift that I could have ever asked for, for a father. Because for all the years that I was seeking his validation, that it was all addressed right there in that moment. That's so beautiful. You know, a lot of people don't understand that you can come back from a really, really hard time. You just have to believe in yourself and put the work in. And you definitely have done both. And now you're encouraging others to do the same. Yeah. You know, it's, I, I wanted to just not just do the, the basic little foo foo questions. Cause I was like, no, let me actually ask. Cause you mentioned it, but you skipped over it. So I was like, wait, let me ask real quick. Because that is what makes people understand the power of forgiveness, the power of giving back, the power of loving yourself and making that choice to love yourself so that you can love someone else. Correct. Yeah, I mean, at this place, I was always seeking this validation and love from outside of me. And I and I realized it's got to start from within you. You have to learn to love yourself. No one can love you enough to that you're going to feel good and be happy. You have to do that for yourself. And it took me 30, 30, almost 31 years at that point to figure it out. But I can say that the last 24, 25 years now have been you know, a completely different life. Well, it took me, you know, about five years to really evolve from that. But, you know, once living this in that consistency through discipline and making these changes and be the example and being a resource of it every day, it's, it's changed my life. And I'm committed. I committed the rest of my life to sharing this. And I do this in many different ways, either on a personal level, professional level, uh, in business, it, it, but it always comes back down to that foundation. I love it. I love it. And global professional speaker, Christopher Salem, is my guest here on Denia Azure Radio. So 
you've done speaking gigs all across the world. What has been one of your craziest experiences on stage? Wow. Well, there's there's been a lot, you know, but let me give you one that happened many years ago. And this was pretty because as speakers, we occasionally are going to get heckled, like just like a comedian gets heckled. And a professional speaker will know how to deflect it and move forward without missing a beat. Now, this was still early on in my career. This is back in 2004. I believe it was 2004. It might have been 2003, 2004. I can't remember the exact year, but it was right, it was around that time frame. And I remember I was speaking at a large AA conference meeting at St. Patrick's Cathedral mm -hmm. Church in Manhattan. So everyone, if you're familiar with Manhattan or St. Patrick's, it's a famous church in Manhattan. You know, a lot of big celebrities have gotten married there and 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 so on. And there was a a, a an AA annual like a conference meeting there where there was about 400 people in this big room at the church that they had downstairs and you know and I was asked to speak and and they started asking you know the, the, the part of my talk was what was the real what was the root cause to my addiction and then, you know people were going to say oh it was alcohol or it was drugs it was sex it was gambling or whatever and when i opened up and said none of the, it was none of the above those were just the, the 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 choices that we made to mask the problem you either go to alcohol you drugs sex gambling food it, it, you, you know whatever the real root cause to my real root cause to my addiction was my limiting beliefs that strong need for validation it was anger that i experienced and i was addicted to anger the emotion in 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 reaction to my limiting beliefs. Now, when I said that and said that it didn't matter if I was drinking or if I, if I, you know, if I had a sexual addiction or if I had, it didn't matter. It was, that was the, it rubbed some people the wrong way. And there was one man in particular who had a thick Russian accent that blurted out, you know, I, you know, stop talking like that and you're full of crap and, and, and told me to go F myself, so to speak in front of everyone. And I basically stopped, paused, and said, I can understand where you're coming from, from, sir. I've been there. And I know what it feels like to know, think that we, you know, we're sober when we're sober from the substance, but we're not sober in our minds. I'd love to talk with you later, and we can chat more about it. And I went right back to my talk. He stormed out of the, the, the and slammed the door, didn't miss a beat. Lo and behold, two weeks later, I got a phone call, didn't know who, where it was coming from. We didn't have caller ID at that time. Or maybe, you know, yeah, I didn't have it on the phone I had. And I, I recognized that thick Russian accent. I said, oh, my gosh, that's the guy that told me to go, you know what? And he called to apologize and said that I had triggered something with him. He had been sober for eight years from alcohol. And yet he was traded one addiction for another and didn't realize what he was doing was really still part of his addiction. He was cheating on his wife. He was, he was, he was, he had a sexual addiction. He was frequenting prostitutes and escorts and going into just putting himself into really dangerous situations with people that, you know, to escape, you know, in, in place of the alcohol. And he realized he wasn't sober like he thought he was. And let alone, he was a psychologist to boot. 
So here he was helping people with their problems, and he, he had his own. He was very transparent. He ended up becoming a good friend of mine, and to this day we are friends. And he thanked me because if it wasn't for what I had shared, it, it may have not moved him to think that he was really sober, and it saved his marriage. Wow, that is powerful. And, you know, I love the fact that, it's just, that instead of, like, just getting mad, you said, you know what? I understand you. I've been there. You will get through this. And now you guys are friends. That is such a beautiful story. And a global professional speaker. Christopher Salem is my guest here on Denia Azure Radio. So out of all of the events that you have done, what has been your favorite to speak at so far? Well, I mean, there have been many, many events that I enjoyed. I've spoke for many companies. I've spoke for many industry events. But I would always say that I enjoy the events that are not always going to just be business related. These can be ones that address you know, people that are struggling, that are, you know, have a strong requirement to make a change. I can remember talking at certain, uh, you know, on the behalf of our nonprofit Empowered Fathers in Action at certain family crisis uh, conferences where you might have, you know, there could be foster children, there could be families in distress, single moms with kids and barely making ends meet. And, and speaking wisdom, you know, like, you know, in, you know, like kind of like what you talk about, Lex, speak, you know, speak wisdom into others and what you shared before. And it really, when you see someone moved by that, when they're crying, not because crying, but a good cry, like you, you, you help them to see something that, that there is hope. There is, there is a light at the end of the tunnel that people do care and can relate and understand and that you're not alone. You just have to ask for help and then to help yourself. Those are the events that always stand out when I touch somebody emotionally to move them forward. I remember doing that in a company. I talked to an aerospace company where this woman was a great asset to the company, but she was miserable to work for. People hated her. She had a very low retention of employees because of her attitude and her abrasiveness. And remember on the second day, her having, you know, start crying. Nobody ever would have thought, you know, it would be take a blue moon for this woman to ever cry. She never showed any emotion other than anger and, and tough in this so-called shell of toughness. And she broke down and realized that her abandonment, emotional abandonment as a child from her mother had led her to develop this false sense of toughness that she put walls up against people. She had a hard time delegating, had a hard time communicating to others, demanded a lot from people and pushed people the wrong way. That was a shift for her. And I ended up coaching her for two and a half years where she made a, you know, a major shift in her attitude, her personality and her communication style to now where people felt comfortable around her for the first time. And, you know, this is a woman that never had a relationship with a man. Like maybe, you know, she might be with somebody for a short period of time and the guy would be running off because he, you know, couldn't stand her. And finally to be able to have relationships with people in this case, you know, that, that she, that had a hard time holding on to. Definitely. So what would you say is some of the, let's give the 
top five mistakes that people make when they're first starting out becoming speakers? Well, the first mistake is that they just assume that if they put their profile on Speaker Hub or eSpeaker or maybe perhaps you're lucky that you maybe you're what you're recognized in your field and you join a speaker bureau that those sources alone are going to get you booked. They're not. You, you not to say you still can't get booked by a speaker bureau because that's what they're there for, but if you rely upon other sources like that to do that ain't going to be the answer. The answer is understanding the secrets of how to get in front of event planners, meeting planners, board of advisors, board of directors, people in the industry that are looking for content that is going to help them solve challenges, problems, and create solutions, knowing that process. And that's something I learned early on. And today, teach that to other speakers, business owners, coaches, uh, you know, high performers, and how to go about doing that, getting paid to speak, and then now scaling your business profoundly as a result of it. Speaking to me is the best way to speak to one to many to generate more business volume sales for what, why and what you do and creates just better rapport and better relationships with people right from the beginning moving forward. Definitely. Definitely. You know, I think that's um, a huge thing. When you are trying to be a speaker or you're trying to get in the podcasting, whatever, you can't just expect just to go on this side or that side. You have to network with people. Because I got you got to build a network. You got to learn the process, right? And they just think a speaker reel and a speaker one sheet and and putting your profile on Speaker Hub is going to all you need. I got my shingle out there. I'm just waiting for them, waiting for the calls to come in. <laughs> I can probably count on half of my fingers uh, how many calls you're going to get on average. <laughs> exactly. It's about putting yourself out there yeah. for real. Like I said, I love what you said when you talked about. You know, getting in front of, you know, the the board of directors and meeting and meeting planners, event planners, because those are the ones that are going to be booking you, because those are the ones that have the check to do so. so yes. <laughs> you know. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's and it's it is interesting too because even when it comes to to podcasting, people think, oh, I'm just gonna you know, throw it on uh, Spotify or whatever, without any promotion without even people knowing who I who you are that's not how this works sweetheart you have to get you have to get to know people because even when I got into this I originally got into it uh because my friend Katrina Lynn was doing her show I started coming on there a couple times and then I went to another friend's show uh when they had like I think it was view stream or whatever and she was like have you ever thought about actually getting into radio for real and I was like no nah, not really and then I hosted uh, a show on a station called Jim Jim years ago. I was asked to, to host over there. And then I hosted another show with my friend, um, Eva Ebony B. You know, and then I, but the way I got into Next Legacy, I literally called in to support a friend. And I, the music was awesome and the energy was dope. And a couple weeks later, they're like, we want you to become a part of the staff. And that was in 2012. <laughs> and now, you know, we've gone from blog talk, you know, and now we're over, we have our own mobile application, you know, it, but this wasn't like, oh, this happened overnight. This happened over time. This happened because I want to support someone else. 
Yeah. I think a lot of people forget that. They get so focused on, you know, I'm just going to do this and everything's going to come to me automatically. That's not how this works. That's not no. how any of this works. It takes a lot of time and effort to be able to build relationships, especially when it comes to Clubhouse. For those of y'all who have not heard about the 413, that call is at 530 in the morning. Yeah, 530 for <laughs> you. Well, I'm, I'm up at 4 o'clock, so so 637 my time's not so bad. I'm already, yeah, but but 537 for you. And, they, and then the people on the the West Coast, they're up at 337. Exactly. <laughs> so, you know, so that that there takes time and dedication. But we have been able to watch people make some amazing changes. And that has been the best part for me was literally watching people's transformation in the 413 for sure. So with everything that you do, when everything is said and done, what do you want your legacy to be? My legacy? Yes. I would say that my legacy is to let people know it's okay to be you. Be 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 your better self. It's not about being the best. It's about being your better self than you were yesterday. How can you be the example and be a resource to help others do the same for themselves? It's about it's about learning to operate from from a place of in the moment from intentions rather than it, from the past and the future with fear from expectations, free from limiting beliefs. And that when if we can learn to live in a from a place of giving without expectation, in this case from empathy and kindness, not pleasing and enabling others, to receive without resistance, meaning that when it comes back to you, and long as it serves you, you receive it without resistance. And not breaking that cycle, your whole life can transform for the better. Your business can transform. It doesn't mean everything is going to go great because without challenges, obstacles, setbacks, we can't grow and expand. If everything goes right all the time, you're going to become complacent, bored, and eventually you'll create a problem. So I, I find that that's the legacy I'm looking to create, a shift in our paradigm in terms of how we think in the moment rather than the future, tensions rather than expectations. Give without expectation, receive without resistance, learn to control what you can, letting go of what you can't, look at situations for what it is, not what you think it should be to maximize your results in it. Absolutely. No question. So go ahead and tell everybody where they can find you, book you, all of that good stuff. Absolutely. Well, I would say the best place to, that you could find me is right here. You see ChristopherSalem.com. I also have uh, my business website at sustainablesuccess.net. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn at Christopher Salem. It's another great place. Or email chris at christophersalem.com. Thank you so much again. It's always a pleasure to talk to you. We definitely have to do this another time for sure. I'll count on it. Absolutely. It, it is a pleasure, Denai, to be here and serve your audience. Thank you so much.